time of the year. I uh, mentioned this yesterday at the New York meeting that uh, this time of the year, although we don't know that Christ was born the 25th of December, uh, what we do know is that we celebrate, we come together to celebrate the birth of Christ. There are some that feel like that the uh, birth of Christ might have been more in the October, November time frame. But the, uh, the point is not actually the date of the birth, but that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. I also like, and I'm very thankful that uh, although we have some very specific points within the doctrine that we embrace and that we hold to dearly, the birth of Christ is something that is commonly appreciated and worshipped throughout so many different um, religious organizations, and I'm thankful that we can come together uh, during this time of the year and celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. And I'd like to think about that this morning as we enter into the message. Here is a song. I thought of this song as I was meditating upon the scriptures that talk about the birth of Christ. Uh, the version that I first learned this song was... Uh, Elder Walter Evans, that's Kathy Parker's grandfather, uh, was in Sparta, North Carolina, and he would uh, line the songs. I'm not going to try to line it for you, but uh, uh, I wish I did know how to do the lining and carry on that tradition. There's just a very few that I know that can. Brother Elder Jonathan Cook can, and uh, Brother Tom Reeves could. But this was a song that he uh, led by lining. They would call out a verse and then everybody would sing in very slow method. It was written by Charles Wesley and it's in reference to Luke chapter 2 verse 38 talking about looking for the redemption, uh, the Savior, Jesus Christ being born and coming. And here's the two verses that we'll read. There is a more modern version of it that you can listen to online, much faster, much different than the one that Elder Walter Evans would lead. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the saints thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people, born thy children to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. 
by thy own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thy all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. I wish I had the recording of Elder Walter Evans lining it to where you could hear it. Hope I can obtain that. It's a blessing, and you would very much enjoy it, I believe. So in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is prophesying about the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is, is actually what it's all about. Jesus Christ is God coming in the flesh. God did it for his glory, but he did it for our good. And he did it in order to encourage his people. He also did it to provide a sacrifice for our sins. So we're the beneficiaries of it, and God gets the glory for doing it. But it was a miraculous event, probably not probably it's the most miraculous event of all time for God to come in the flesh. And so Isaiah, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is is pinning this down and foretelling or prophesying about the coming of the Christ child. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For unto us. And that's actually you and I. That's all of us here. That's our children. That's our grandchildren. That's those that have gone to be with the Lord. It's written to us. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now it's interesting. He says the government shall be upon his shoulder. First thing I think about is that uh, the local government that we might have, and I think, is there any connection right there? Well, we are uh, encouraged to know that we have a sovereign God that is in control and does have all power and that the only power that folks have is the power that God allows them to have or that he gives it to them. So I'm thankful to know that ultimately when things don't go the way I think they ought to go, I'm thankful to know that God's in charge, that he's in charge through his son, Jesus Christ, and that there's not anything that's going to happen that God doesn't allow to happen. And God is still in control and can turn things to his glory and to his good, even our local government. But even the big government of God's family is in his hands. The government is upon his shoulders. He says, and his name shall be called wonderful. You know, with what we've gone through the last two years, It's good to find something that points us to a wonderful message. There's a whole lot of headlines that you can read on the news or the Internet. And there's so many of the headlines that's not wonderful. It's not good. But 
everything there is about Jesus Christ is wonderful. It's great. It's good. So we ought to be able to come to the house of the Lord when everything around us looks challenging. And we ought to be encouraged to know that Jesus Christ is described as wonderful. And he's there for our good. And so it's not only that he's wonderful, but it's wonderful for us. It's wonderful that we have the Savior Jesus Christ. It says his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor. Now you can go a lot of places and get a lot of counsel. You can pay big money to get counsel. But Jesus Christ is the true counselor that's always going to give you exactly the right information. Some folks may not give us the right information, may not direct us right. We may even pay for the wrong information. But the good news is that Jesus Christ is our counselor. He knows all about us. He has the manual for us because he made us. He knows what it is that makes us work and he knows how to encourage us. And he says that his name is wonderful. It is counselor. His name is the mighty God, Jesus Christ being God in the flesh. He is mighty in his power. I like the song that we sing. A mighty fortress is our God. He is a mighty fortress for us. And in the days in which we live, we need a fortress. And it's good to know that we have a mighty fortress in Jesus Christ. He says, the mighty God. I like this. The everlasting father. Everything that I know anything about has a beginning and has an end. Everything that I can relate to, that I can associate with, has a beginning and an end. And sometimes I don't like the, the, the time frame that we have. I, I think I was telling Brother Danny the other day or someone that, that uh, I went to Home Depot and, and bought some light bulbs. And, and I, I looked on the, on the package of the light bulbs and, and I thought, are these the light bulbs that last about a year or do they last a little bit longer than that? And when I looked on the box, it said they last 13 years. And I thought, I'll be almost 75 when I have to replace these light bulbs. <laughs> Lord willing, I'm not going to have to replace light bulbs, but maybe one more time in my life. And, and then I was just kind of discouraged. And I thought, you know what? I think I'll just go buy those light bulbs that I have to replace every year. So it won't be so discouraging. Well, he says right here that there's a description about Jesus Christ that he's everlasting. He doesn't have a beginning and he doesn't have an end, but he is everlasting. I like that. I am so happy that we had such a wonderful homecoming for your mother the other day. And one of the things that's such a blessing is to know that her joy in the Lord is everlasting. And that's how it describes Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is an everlasting father. It's a wonderful way to describe our Savior, Jesus Christ. Said everlasting father, he's also the prince of peace. Now, I tell you, it, it seems like I don't think I'm a conspiracy theorist. Or maybe I am. But it seems like that a lot of folks like to motivate folks through fear. 
one of my first jobs was in a clothing store, and my boss would motivate others. Maybe that's what I needed. Maybe it's what was, was 15, 16 years old through fear would tell you all the things that you did wrong and all the consequences that would happen when you do things wrong. And you end up, you wondered if you ever did anything right because they were always pointing out all the things that you did wrong. And I realized later that there's actually a better way to encourage folks than trying to motivate them with fear. He says right here that And this ought to be encouraging to us that when we can't turn and find a message, a report of peace, that we can turn to the Lord. Because he says right here that he's not only wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, but he's also the prince of peace. Do you have enough peace in your life? Maybe it's that we don't have enough Christ in our life. If we're Overcome with despair, overcome with discouragement, overcome with trouble in our life. Maybe we don't have, maybe we're not leaning on Jesus Christ. Maybe we're not looking to Jesus Christ. Every time that I'm redirected back to Christ, I'm always encouraged. He's the Prince of Peace. We may not live in a peaceful environment. We may not live in a peaceful setting. But we do live in Christ and we know that he's in control and he is the prince of peace. That's why that we can go through challenges in our life and yet we can be encouraged because he is the God and the prince of peace. I'm glad to know that we have that to lean on. So. Isaiah tells us about the coming of the Christ child, and he describes him. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, and behold, a virgin shall conceive. Now that in itself is perplexing. A virgin shall conceive and be with child? How can that be? Even Mary herself asked that question. How can this be? Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. How can a virgin conceive and bear a son? And then it says, and Isaiah is telling us in verse 14, and his name shall be Emmanuel, which simply means, Emmanuel means God with us. God is with us. So we begin to have some insight right here that the purpose of the birth of Jesus Christ, the whole purpose of this is to provide God it, 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 who is who is awesome and has all control to come in such a fashion or form that we can understand, relate to, be blessed by. And so Jesus Christ, the birth of Christ simply means God is with us. God is manifesting himself in the flesh. Now, isn't it amazing? That there were folks that even when Jesus Christ was upon this earth, that rejected Christ himself. And he told them why that was. He said, you're not of mine. I mean, he's very specific about that. So Isaiah chapter 7 points to the birth of Christ, how Christ is going to be born 
and the purpose of Christ. Matthew tells us the purpose of Christ. I, I like Matthew's account. I like both Matthew and uh, John and, and Luke's account, uh, especially Luke's account of the birth of Christ. Let's go to Matthew chapter chapter one. Look at uh, Matthew's account because he, he sums it up in one verse right here. The principal points of the purpose of Christ. Chapter one, verse 18. <clears throat> Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. You remember it says in Isaiah that she was a virgin and would have a child born. It says now the birth of Christ was on the wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child. So how is that? And Matthew tells us right here. That the child that Mary conceived was by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee Mary, thy wife. Now, this is interesting to go through in Matthew's account and go through in Luke's account. It's interesting to see how that God sent an angel to deliver the message. God could send any way that he could send a messenger any way that he wanted to. But God sent an angel to deliver the message, the, the message of his son, of the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so the angel was delivering the message. The angel delivered it to Joseph. The angel delivered the message to Mary. The angel Gabriel uh, delivered the message to Elizabeth and Zacharias about the birth of John. It's interesting to watch and witness uh, all of the interaction that the messages that the angel would bring. While John, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto them in a dream, saying, I mean, Joseph, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her. And he tells us again, the conception of the birth of Christ was not Joseph. It was not a natural man, but it was through the Holy Spirit of God. Wonder why that had to be. There's a lot of things I don't understand about the mind and purpose of God. But one thing that I do understand is that we're all sinful creatures. Even when we try our best, even when we put forth our best effort, our best foot, we're still sinful creatures. And if Jesus Christ had been conceived of a man, he would have been conceived of a sinful creature. The Holy Spirit is completely sinless. And that's one of the reasons that God, I believe, had Christ conceived by the Holy Spirit because it was completely sinless. And Christ was always sinless. So here's what he says. He says, Joseph, that was which Mary has conceived of is of the Holy Spirit. It's sinless. And then he says, here is the purpose of the Christ child. This is not the only purpose but this is certainly a primary focus and purpose of the Christ child. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son. That's Mary. Conceiving 
of Christ through the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but when I'm up here reading these verses, I don't feel like that I'm trying to convince myself. And I don't feel like I'm trying to convince you. I feel like it's reminding us of what the scriptures teach. But there's something in my spirit that when I hear it, I believe it. It, It's not it's not that far out to be able to believe that this is how Christ was born. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when we look at God's word, it's not so much to convince us. But it's to bear witness of what's already in the heart and in the mind. God is the one that writes his laws in our mind and in our heart. And so when you hear about the Christ child, it's not to convince you of the Christ child. It's to bear witness of what you have in your heart. It's like Helen Keller who couldn't hear and couldn't see. And when they developed a method of being able to communicate with her and they told her the name of Christ, she said, oh, I already know about him. I just didn't know his name. And that's the purpose of the scriptures is to tell you his name and to tell you all about him but you already know him on the inside and that's because God writes it there in your hearts and in your minds and what you read and what you sing and what you hear preached about and when you pray it just simply bears witness of what's on the inside here's what he says I love this verse. If there was only one verse I could pick out um, in the scriptures, this would probably be it because it just describes the purpose of Christ with such conviction and such authority. If you want to have one verse that you write and put on the refrigerator or one verse you want to put on the dash of the car or on the mirror where you're getting dressed in the morning, if you want to put a scripture there, here's a real good one because it just sums it all up. And she shall bring forth a son. Do we believe she did it? Oh, I believe she did. She shall bring forth a son. And it says, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. The angel announced the name of Christ. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. And it says, for he shall. Back in the south, I'll say down south. They used to call old Baptist hard shells. Anybody ever heard that term, hard shell Baptist? I don't hear it that much anymore, but back down south, I'd hear the term hard shell. Have a variety of concepts in your mind about why they might call them hard shells, but the one definition that I like the very best was that that old Baptists are hard on the shells in the Bible. I like that. Right here it says he shall. Doesn't say he might or he'd like to or he hopes to or he will if you'll help him out. But it says he shall and then it's very specific right here. It says he shall save. So that's the purpose of Christ. He shall save who? His people. Doesn't mean that it's all of Adam's race. 
but it's specific. It's his people. Now, who are his people? It's all that those that were given by the Father to Jesus Christ to represent upon the cross of Calvary. We're told that those that were given to Christ to represent, to die for, are a very large family. You know, I've heard it said, us four and no more. That's not, that doesn't fit the description of what God's word says. God has a big family. But you know, when we get to heaven, we might even be surprised at some of the folks that are there. But you know, the ones that will probably be most surprised is that we'll be there because we know ourselves, and we'll know that when we're there, it's not because of what we did, but it's in spite of ourselves and it's according to the grace of almighty God. He says, thou shalt bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he says he shall save his people from their sins. We need help. We need deliverance. We need saving. And that's the purpose of Jesus Christ. And it's all summed up right here in one verse. I love this verse. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, by Isaiah. And this refers to Isaiah, verse 23, of where we read just a little while ago. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Which being interpreted, uh, verse 23 tells us right here that being interpreted means God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife, took unto Mary his wife. And he knew her not until he had brought forth the firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. So he just he doesn't. He, he doesn't make it as an offer. He makes it as a declaration. And I, I love the authority that the scriptures are presented to us. I, I, I love the way that it's presented. So I want to encourage you to go home. You'll enjoy this. Read it with your family. Read it to your, with yourself. Uh, this will be a blessing. Go home and read this week the first and second chapters of the book of Luke. Because it's really, they're really, really good. Yesterday I talked about through the first chapter of Luke with the folks in New York and just barely touched on chapter 2. I'm going to go to chapter 2 more so than than what we did there. Chapter 1 talks about the, uh, the birth of John. And John, who was the forerunner of Christ... John was conceived six months before Mary conceived uh, of Jesus Christ. Mary was conceived of Jesus Christ. And Elizabeth and Zacharias were quite elderly. They were way up in years when the angel gave the announcement that they would have a son and that his uh, name would be John and that he would be the, the forerunner of Christ. And Elizabeth and Mary, it tells us, were cousins. And I I love a couple of points right here in Luke chapter 1 that I'd like to just uh, touch on just a little bit. That when Mary was visited and given the message of the birth of Christ, 
She goes over to her cousin, Elizabeth, who is pregnant with John, who is six months pregnant with child. And I love this right here in chapter one. You'll see this as you read through it. But as Mary, with great excitement, we've been blessed here so much with all these young mothers that that have had children. And it's one of the I mean, everything about it is just a blessing. But one of the blessings is, is when they when they find out that they're going to have a child. And, And it's a special blessing when they find out that it's going to be the first child. They're just they're just overjoyed with that excitement. I'll share with you an experience. I think I've told you this before. It's not only the mothers, it's the fathers, it's the grandmothers, the grandfathers, it's everybody that's 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 affiliated with them. But uh, I miss Mike and Katie a whole lot. They were such a blessing, and I miss Mike and Katie, and I look forward to meeting little Ozzy, their little boy. That's going to be exciting. But sometimes after church, Brother Mike would call me aside and he'd say we need to talk and usually it was something maybe in the scriptures he wanted me to clarify or something that he wanted to talk about and something that was was uh, was pretty serious at least at the time and we would you know discuss it and talk through it and always enjoyed the fellowship with, with Mike and Katie so much but one day after church Standing up here, and Brother Mike, Mike and Mike and Katie. Katie was right behind me. Mike came up, and I mean, it wasn't like it had been before with a degree of seriousness that he wanted to talk or wanted to meet or wanted to visit. He came up, and I mean, he was just grinning from ear to ear before he got there. And as he got up close, I said, y'all are going to have a baby. <laughs> and do you know, I was right. It, he didn't have to say one word. It was written all over his face. Can you imagine how Mary must have been? She had to tell somebody. You ever have something that you just got to tell somebody? And Mary sought her cousin Elizabeth out and she she just had to tell Elizabeth what had taken place and it says that Elizabeth, you can go read this yourself in, in greater detail but it says Elizabeth was pregnant with John, six months pregnant now this, if there's only one verse in the Bible and there's more verses to show that, that we really are uh, born at conception and a real being and we have the ability of having a soul as well. Here's a confirmation for it. Because as, as Mary is, is telling, uh, I imagine that Elizabeth probably didn't even have to hear Mary say anything. She probably just saw the excitement on her face just like I did with Brother Mike. It was just written all over her face. But when she came and she told Elizabeth about being with child and about the Holy Ghost, the conception of the Holy Ghost and all that when she told Elizabeth it says that John who was in his mother's womb leapt for joy and then it says it comes on down and it says that John was filled with the Holy Ghost at that time 
So there's an evidence that that John had a soul, had the spirit of God dwelling within him, even while he was yet in his mother's womb. What a great testimony there for it. Now, some would say. This this is uh, not normal to have an old couple like Zacharias and Elizabeth to have a young child named John. Somebody might come along and say, this is not normal to have a Christ child that was born of a virgin birth. And you may talk to somebody and you may attempt to uh, tell them that. And, and you may attempt to convince them about the virgin birth of Christ. And, and somebody may say, well, that's just not normal or things like that don't just happen. Well, the Lord knew that that was going to be the response of some folks. And so he he tucked this verse in there to help us. He says, it may be impossible with man. It may be impossible with an old couple. It may be impossible with a little virgin girl. But he says, there's not anything that's impossible with God. When you factor God into the equation right there, there's nothing that's impossible. So if there's some things that you're looking at in your life right now that they seem like they're impossibilities, they probably are without God. But if you factor God into it, there's not anything that's impossible with God. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I told uh, Brother Aaron and Brother Danny, I said, I'm looking forward to preaching a sermon. And uh, the title of it's going to be Good, Better, Best. You know, you you go to the doctor and they want you to circle the the number that... uh, relates to your pain or or something, or they want you to describe something. Is it good? Is it better? Is it best? Well, I believe that what we have experienced here at Mount Carmel through the years has been really, really good. But you know what? I really do believe that there's some better days ahead of us. And I also know that the very best is yet to come. It is. With Christ, with God, there's not anything at all that's impossible. So if you go over to chapter two and just going to just going to read through the the birth of Christ. I love this right here. And then we'll look at what Christ means to us. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree of Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee and out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So so taxing is not anything that's new. And when you hear all the uh, discussion about taxes, tax was something that was even going on back then. And they were, uh, you know, I, 
I mean, we have computers and information to be able to keep track of everything. I don't know how they would keep track of all the, the stuff back then, but it says that they were to go and register to be taxed. And, and so Mary went, and, and this is interesting that Mary would go with him because Mary was uh, with child. She was great with child, and that simply means that she was very close to delivering the child. Remember, Sister Carla uh, going down to Columbia Church and, and Brother Asa's preaching. And while, she's, while he's preaching, Carla was almost to this point. Yet she wanted to go hear Brother Asa preach. And they loaded up their family. They went to Columbia Church. And, and she said, I could just barely get through the sermon because she said, I realized I was going into labor. And so then as soon as church was over, they headed back to Maryland and it was in the wintertime and and they got stuck in uh, a lot of traffic because there was a snowstorm that we were having, if I remember correctly. And 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 she made it to the uh, location. And I think it was just an hour or so before she had had the child. And so uh, Mary was sort of in the same boat. She was going on this journey, but she was ready to deliver the Christ child. And it says, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should uh, be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. The birth, the meager birth of Christ was foretold. And it says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came Upon them, upon the shepherds, it says the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. I think that's 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 wonderful to know that that the glory of God manifests itself. Glory of God has manifested itself in worship, uh, in gatherings where the glory of, the, of God was so strong that folks couldn't hardly be there in the presence. And right here it says the glory of God was upon them. And it says the angel said unto them, and I'm sure that they were perplexed. I'm sure that they were uh, astonished. It says the angel of the Lord said unto them, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, uh, which shall be to all the, to all people and, and to, to people that are children of God. The message of Christ is a joyous message. There's some folks that didn't know Christ, didn't like Christ abhorred Christ but for those that Christ represented upon the cross of Calvary even before that they were born when they hear about Christ they rejoice at the message of Jesus Christ and he says right here don't fear don't be fearful he says I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people and he says for unto you this is the angel delivering the message. It's interesting that the angel, uh, it's interesting that the angel didn't say unto us. He said, I expect the reason that the angel didn't say unto us is the angel didn't have to be. There wasn't uh, a sacrifice for the sins that the angel uh, had right there. The angel says uh, for unto you and that message is to you and I as well. He says for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior which is Christ the Lord. He says I've got some good news to tell you. There's a Savior, Jesus Christ. He's come. He is born this day 
And it's a wonderful, joyous sound. It is good news. He says, now you go. He says, this is the sign. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, I love this. And suddenly there was the angel. uh, There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Now, I have to tell you, I enjoyed our song service this morning. I really did. I, I don't know how it sounded where you were sitting, but it sounded great up here. And I just enjoyed the song service so much. I love our singing. I love the old slow songs, and I even like the fast songs. And I like all of them in between. But I tell you what, I expect our singing as good as it was and as good as it sometimes can be. I can't imagine how it would compare to this heavenly host that we're singing from heaven, praising God. And here's what they said. And there was a, an angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. It goes on down, and it tells you about the shepherds going to Christ, the Christ child. It tells you about uh, Simeon, the prophet, that uh, he was looking for the consolation of Israel that was the birth of the Christ child and he had been longing for it and looking for it says the consolation of Israel and it says when the Christ child was taken and offered and put in his hands he recognized that it was the son of God and he said now I'm ready to go on and be with the Lord and then it talked about the Anna the prophetess the old lady that had been praying for the coming of the Messiah. And she was blessed to see the Christ child. Just a couple of minutes. What does Christ mean to you? It means a whole lot to all of us. He's number one. He's our Savior. We need a Savior. We need somebody to pay the price for our sins. Jesus Christ is that. That's good news. That's glad tidings to know that as much of a mess as we find ourselves in, that he loved us and he gave his life for us and he saved us. Jesus Christ is our redeemer. We had a price that we couldn't pay. And yet Jesus Christ could pay that price. And that's the way that God the Father arranged it. Jesus Christ is our hope. You know, we get weary along the way. And usually when we get really overcome with despair and discouragements, it's when we seem like we've lost hope. But Jesus Christ is our hope. Mm-hmm. Mentioned yesterday, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our great physician. We've been blessed with great doctors and nurses, and they have a lot of skill, and I'm so thankful for that. But above all of them is the great physician He's described as the great physician, Jesus Christ. I appreciate what old brother Barterball used to say. Elder Barterball would say, when I get sick, he said, the very first thing I do is I go to the Lord. Then I go to the doctor. He says, I take it to the Lord in prayer. And then I go to the doctor. Jesus Christ. A couple of more points. We'll wrap it up. Jesus Christ is... Our comforter. We experience that when the Lord takes someone home to be with them, that 
there's something that encourages us and helps us and consoles us, even in the midst of all of that, and it's Christ, our comforter. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the comforter. He says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to leave you with something that's going to help you because you're going to need help. You're going to have times that you're going to need help, and I'm not going to leave you in a helpless state. Jesus Christ is our comforter. Brother Danny's got a lot of friends. I mean, he's got a whole host of friends. And the scripture says that the way that you have friends is that, I mean, if, if, if anybody here wants more friends, uh, you may already have all of the friends you, you want. Uh, but but uh, it says that if you want more friends, it says the way you have more friends is that you just simply show yourself friendly. So one reason Brother Danny has a lot of friends is he's friendly. But every one of us here, whether we've got a few or a lot of friends, we have one friend in common. That's Jesus Christ. And it's a friend that says it sticks with you even closer than a brother. Now, I know that Bray and... Tristan and Cody and Cole and Danny are tight. But it says that Jesus Christ sticks with you even tighter than a brother. He sticks with you. Jesus Christ, if we've learned anything over the last two years, we've realized that we really don't have much strength in ourselves, But we do have a lot of strength through Jesus Christ. He's our strength. And Paul puts it this way. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I'm thankful that at this time of the year, we come together and we celebrate as a Christian community, as a church, as families, we celebrate We rejoice in the good news, the glad tidings of the birth of Jesus Christ, our friend. May God bless you.